pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. On this episode, we'll be giving last-minute predictions for State of Origin Game 1, reviewing Round 13, previewing Round 14, and discussing the perplexing Matt Dufty situation. I'm joined today by Daniel Friend and Kieran Gibson, which means we have no Miles Steadman. So, Friendy, you're going to be carrying the New South Wales contingent all on your own this week. Uh, do you feel up to the task? I feel up to the task. I've been to 18 of the Origins, so I feel up to the task. Oh, mate, are you are you part of like that? You know, the blue hair blatchies. Yes, the blatchy blues we're called, Bo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've been to. I think every Sydney game uh, since 2008, apart from last year due to COVID, I couldn't get tickets. Um, so I had a bit of a streak there going. Um, but yeah, and I went to a few as a kid as well. So yeah, certainly happy to carry the blues and, and fly the flag for myself and Miles. I feel like, uh, much like the premierships of 2007 and 2009, you can put an asterisk next to that absenteeism for last year, just that, that COVID absentee. I, I think we can let yeah. that one pass. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that the same way. Yeah, cool. And Kieran, you've uh, you've got some brand new headphones and ready to roll, even despite the Brisbane internet. Yes, yeah, ready to go. And uh, hopefully, it doesn't sound like I'm underwater this week, or or however it was described. <laughs> um, I tell you what, went underwater. My tipping ability last week. I absolutely rude the fact that I think the only way that I went differently to you lot was that I went for the Broncos because I am an excellent football tipper. And <laughs> so I got two out of four last week. Uh, my ball prediction was that Moses Mbai would get two try assists. I thought he had a really good game against the Panthers, actually, and but he only did just get the one try assist uh, to Dane Laurie with a, with a lovely little bit of footwork and then an out ball to him. But uh, that's, a, that's a fail for me. Miles got three out of four. Uh, his bold prediction was that Jaden Campbell on debut would score a try and make 150 metres. Uh, he made 164 metres, I think, by NRL.com standards, but uh, did not get a try. So that's a, a half right for Miles. Kieran, you also got three out of four, as I mentioned. Um, your bold prediction was that Dane Laurie would run the most metres of any player against the Panthers. He had a pretty good game, Dane Laurie. Yeah, he did. He played really well, but uh, unfortunately, the the usual likes of uh, James Fisher-Harris and I think Dylan Edwards had more meters than him. He ended up with fourth most on ground, but he was he only lost by about fifteen meters in total. But yeah, fourth best. Yeah, so fourth best, not even getting a medal. Sorry there, Kieran. No luck for you, <laughs> uh, Friendy. You also got three out of four because you like me. Oh, so unlike me, did <laughs> did not tip the Broncos. Your bold prediction was that Tui Kamakamika would score a try to continue his strong try scoring form. He also had a good game. He did. He was held up over the line too. I was all I was thinking about was my bold prediction when he came on the field, and yeah, held up um, over the line. So not quite. 
I, I will say, much like the whole uh, Maxwell Smart missed it by that much. That was it was upsetting <laughs> for us in it, but uh, yeah, uh, unlucky. I'll probably give the points to you because uh, that was probably the closest that any of us came. So well done to you, friend. You've won your first bold prediction of the week. We'll see how we go for next week. Um, what I want to know, guys, is from round. It was thirteen, wasn't it? The half round. Um, what did you learn? I'll start with you, friendy. What did you learn from last week? Uh, I learnt that. Um, the same way Millhouse described Alf being back in Pog form on The Simpsons, Jack Bird <laughs> is back. Um, <laughs> he scored a try, uh, laid on a couple of line break assists, um, over 130 metres. He even kicked a goal at the end. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of Jack's, and I think moving him closer to the action worked out yeah, pretty well. Do you foresee, like, uh, like probably in future years, yes, but even for this series, do you think there's a spot for him potentially uh, in New South Wales' side with injury or form? Yeah, I, I had him slotted in at the number 14, like that sort of um, bench utility position. I think he could play anywhere. I, I Personally, today's um, game, I think he's very much in that, that th- even 13. So the way Victor Radley and guys like that play, I think Jack mm-hmm. could do that quite easily. Yeah, I think you're right there. Kieran, what did you learn from round 13? I, I learned that I officially don't like Vlandy's ball anymore. Um, these scorelines getting out of control are, are starting to wane my interest in the latter part of games now. And uh, the six again rule is also sometimes more of a hindrance than a helping hand, I think. Uh, I just think some teams would prefer to get a breather and a kick downfield for uh, an attacking set deeper downfield. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of getting a little out of control now with these blowout score lines it's not not uh, uh it's not something i like to see yeah i've been on that train for a couple of weeks i think and i i do hope like most things that it balances out eventually but um time will tell it hasn't been good signs in the last few weeks what i learned is that what's old is new again with carmichael hunt being named to play for the broncos which is a huge wowzers for me uh are they trying to make up for all those lost years after we left in 2009? <laughs> it will be interesting to see if the latest thing they've thrown at the wall sticks with him partnering Albert Kelly in the halves. Albert Kelly's looked pretty good, I think, um, but yeah. uh, Carmichael, yeah, it'll be interesting times. Let's, uh, let's move forward to the wildcard awards for the week. I'll start us off. Um, I've got a bit of a mouthful here, guys, so bear with me. The... I rode the horse to the convenience store while carrying a semi-automatic weapon award for absolute redneck shit. Goes to the <laughs> goes to the hundred goes to the hundreds of people cheering when Jack DeBellin ran onto the field. Look, I'm not about to share opinions without evidence here because that would be silly. But what were they cheering for? The dude was found not guilty technically, sort of, but uh, it was hung juries, and the majority of the jurors were of the opinion that he was guilty. So there was only a lack of total consensus that saved him, really. So after a couple of years of no footy, he runs onto the field and they cheer? Like, like what are they cheering for? Think about it. Worst case scenario, he brutally raped a young woman with a mate while his heavily pregnant partner was at home, then beat a broken system, and so we cheer him? Best case scenario, he had consensual sex with a young woman with a mate while his heavily pregnant partner was at home and we cheer him like yes he should 
be able to play. The no-fault stand-down worked, in my opinion. And, you know, the, the court proceedings have all finished. It's come to his conclusion. He was essentially not guilty now. He can play, and I'm all for it. But cheering? Absolute redneck shit. So that's, that's, the, that's the, I rode the horse to the convenience store while carrying a semi-automatic weapon award for absolute redneck shit. Uh, Friendy, what's your wildcard award this week? Uh, my wildcard award is, from what I've heard um, amongst certain media outlets this week, that Townsville, they actually are all booked out, all the hotels and everything. So they've started a <laughs> bit of a shanty town with tents. It's I've, been, I've heard $285 and you get a tent with some linen sheets and you're in, yeah, tent town up in Townsville. <laughs> so um, I actually, I think I might want to be a part of that. Um, but obviously, oh, I'm not up there this year. But I don't know. Maybe in future years, it could get a bit bit rowdy after the game. It might be a bit of fun. That actually, it has like splendor in the grass kind of vibes, doesn't it? Like just yeah. having like a, yep. a weekend party. Uh, I think you could also attribute the I rode the horse redneck shit award <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to the city, so. the city of Townsville. Um, but more on that later. Kieran, what is what is your wildcard award? Uh, I've gone with the the Sliding Doors Award, which goes to both Matt Dufty and Jermaine Izako, as right on the stroke of halftime, Dufty snuck under Izako and planted the ball down for a poacher's, or some might say never day, say die attitude try, mm-hmm. whilst Izako watched on. It could see Izako watching on from the sidelines for some time now, and could see Dufty win a contract elsewhere. Including the Broncos, who are chasing yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's jump straight into that piece of news, actually, because it has been uh, hot news that Matt Dufty has uh, basically been told by Griffin and the Dragons that he is unwanted there, which uh, to many of us outside looking in seems a bit crazy. Uh, It also looks a little bit like the Dragons fans feel the same way with uh, last you checked, Kieran, over 10,000 signatures, and it may well have grown since then, trying, begging, pleading... To, uh, to get the Dragons to keep their favourite little number one, who's about 25 years old, if memory serves, quick as anything. And with some skills now, he's starting to develop his skills as a, as a try-assister. Um, Kieran, you raised the question to us. Do you think, on the weight of uh, the media scrutiny at the Dragons, pretty much, they haven't experienced this sort of media scrutiny since they flirted with the idea of signing Israel Folau, Um do you reckon they should reconsider their stance? I do, and I, I can't recall him ever being in the headlines for the wrong reasons. And, and this season alone, he nearly averages a hand in two tries per game between both his tries and try assists. And whilst his defense isn't the best in the competition, um, you can certainly have worse blokes at the back defensively. Holmes is, uh, and Azako are uh, defensively, their tackle efficiency is worse than Dufty's. And I just... Duffy's a live wire. He's uh, around the ball all game, um, can pop up at any time. I just think that's the type of player that any club would really want and and take. Uh, I can't understand it at all, and I, I hope that the maybe if the signatures uh, come to nothing, I hope he at least gets... They're saying the Raiders. They said today he could get signed there if uh, Charge Nickel Klokstad uh, moves to centre. So hopefully something comes up for him. He's definitely a, an NRL-level uh, player. I have heard the Bulldogs and the Broncos are sniffing around as well. The Bulldogs would add to their, what, six fullbacks they have in their <laughs> top 30 squad. Um, Friendy, uh, do you think, for the Dragons particularly, do you think he's attacking prowess 
outweighs any kind of defensive deficiencies he might have? Yeah, most definitely. I think um, Kieran nailed it before there with his stats saying um, two try between two tries or try involvements each game. Yeah. Um, oh. He's nearly half of the Dragons' try or try involvements, like as a side, coming straight from Matt Dufty himself. So I would have thought with that attacking prowess that the coach being his job to actually coach players, he could coach the defensive deficiencies out of him or, or at least improve them to keep someone like that in your side because he's you see them in the, the opposition 20s, it's Dufty Ball. And, mm. yeah, it's 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 all about him. So they, they need to keep him. They're mental if they don't. Kieran, suffice to say that you prefer Dufty Ball to PVL Ball, judging by uh, today's <laughs> episode. Um, look... I think there must be, there's, there's got to be something else here, doesn't there? Because, like, when he first came into grade, yes, he was electrifying. He was he was all those sort of things. But he he didn't have much of a pass in his game. He's gone back and he's worked on it. So, you can he's proven that if he's told to work on something, he can. So, do you, like, Kieran, am I sort of crazy for thinking that there might be something behind the scenes? Not, not at all, because as you just said, he, he's worked on his game. Uh, he, he doesn't have a, more to your point further, he doesn't have a lazy game um, that I can recall of. He's, he's always there, like as I said, always around the ball. I I just think that's the, the type of player any club wants. If, if you could have 17 players that are are willing to to be sniffing around the ball at all times you would you would have the you would pick that that 17 every single week so yeah I, I, there could be more behind the scenes um that we don't know uh he seems like a really nice bloke in interviews that i see but maybe uh hook just doesn't like him I, i'm not too sure yeah it can be tricky if a if a coach just has a bit of a vendetta I, I, like friendy are you catching anything down in sydney like are they are they saying much down there about personality clashes or anything like that no, the only thing I've read is that Griffin just loves Cody Ramsey. Um, he just trained the house down in summer, apparently in the off-season, um, basically won all their testing, long-distance, short-distance, whatever it may be. Uh, and Dufty, not, um, he's more naturally, naturally talented, so he may not have to work at it as much. But honestly, it's about winning in the NRL and he's contributing heavily to the Dragons doing that so I can't see why they would get rid of him I I can't understand it at all it seems an odd position for Griffin to take like I do understand the idea that you pick someone based on efforts and as somebody that tries their absolute best at indoor cricket I desperately want to be promoted because of my effort but Mm. talent comes into the conversation and and let's be honest this is a guy that loves Corey Norman so I'm a bit confused yeah. about the 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 difference in opinion there look suffice to say I agree with both of you I think the Dragons should well reconsider their stance and I think there are plenty of clubs particularly clubs outside the top eight that don't have one of those top tier fullbacks I think Matt Dufty is the next tier down especially in terms of attacking play um, and he, he could be a, a, a good fit at the Raiders if Nickel Klukstar was happy enough to move to centre and that might be might, might be good for both of them uh, Bulldogs would benefit even though it would be there as I said like probably their fifth or sixth fullback and the Broncos would definitely benefit because they've just straight up dropped Jermaine Asako uh, this week with Herbie Farnworth playing fullback. So uh, a little bit of indecision there. I wouldn't want to see him end up at the Cowboys for the pure fact that we we have enough um, in that like in those sort of like six and one kind of spots. Um, but yeah, tell you what, throw him on the wing. I don't know. He'd, he'd be interesting. Uh, let's let's talk about 
a little bit of Origin. We spoke, we spoke about Origin a whole bunch last last week, so we're not going to go too much into it. But since we uh, had that episode, we learned officially that Reed Marnie is now out of the squad because he got injured playing for Parramatta on Sunday. Uh, his spot has in the squad has been taken by Ben Hunt, who had a really, really strong game against the Broncos and has been pretty good this year and at various times in an Origin jersey. Um, and Kalen Ponga has been officially ruled out with injury. Um, and they haven't brought anyone extra into the squad that was originally named to cover that kind of dynamic. So... I guess the question I have for you, Kieran, as a Queensland fan, is with Ponga out and Hunt coming back into the squad for Marnie being out, do you see a potential for maybe Cameron Munster to play fullback, Ben Hunt into the halves, or Brimson to fullback with Hunt on the bench? Or is it going to be Val Holmes fullback, Kyle Feltz on the wing, do you think? Um... If it was me, I, I would go, and this is classic Queensland mind games that they haven't announced it yet, but I, I would go um, Brimson at fullback, just keep Holmes on the wing. I wouldn't debut Felt. Uh, if you had to debut a winger, I would honestly look at, this is a bit of a, a miles outside the box, but I, I wouldn't look too far past uh, Murray Tulungi. He's been brilliant this year. But yeah, I, I would go Brimson at fullback, Holmes on the wing, and then I would have uh, Ben Hunt as the 14, which arguably he should have been anyway. Um, yeah, but uh, Ponga is a big loss, actually, so Hunt probably wouldn't fit in the squad because um, I, I, I really I think Brimson has to be in there somewhere. Um, but I, I really hope Green doesn't um, keep... Oh, I don't know. To be honest, I'm not too phased with how it goes either way, but uh, I am a little worried about Felt defending on that wing and then Holmes at fullback defending. Uh, I guess being that it's origin, I kind of just back them a bit more so my anxiety around how they'll perform defensively has eased a little um, I just you just get that mentality where you just sort of believe that they'll be up to it um, and they I'm sure that they have that same mentality themselves but if, if I had to stick to, to one team yeah I would go Brimson at fullback Holmes on the wing and Hunt at 14 the, all the noise we've heard is that we're going to have Holmes at fullback and felt on the wing with Hunt being outside the 17. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard that as well, Friendy, as down south there. What would you be more scared of as a Blues fan? Would you be more scared of Brimson starting at fullback with Hunt on the bench? Or would you be more scared of Holmes being fullback and Felt coming into the side? Um, it's a good question. Uh, more scared of... Oh, I really don't know. I, I guess Brimson, probably Brimson around the middle of the field, if he's playing that fullback role, um, he's certainly, yeah, he, he's pretty deadly around there with his speed. He's got a lot more uh, probably passing skill than, than Val, but mm. Val, is a, he's been playing some really good footy, I think, of late. Uh, I think what he does bring is he will, Origin's a really big yardage game, so mm -hmm. I, I think he'll yeah, be dynamite out of the backfield, be looking to make probably two, 150 to 200 metres, which is a something that's really important, um, bringing that ball back in origin. I think also that like Kyle Felt kind of has that advantage too, and it gives them the ability to, uh, whichever wing Toro ends up on, to have that aerial target with two tall guys that like a high ball within Felton, uh, Xavier Coates, or uh, friend, you wouldn't be aware of this, but in this podcast, we call him Xavier Coates um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because of Kieran last year. Um, but uh, friend, you're a Newcastle man. You know the effect that Ponga can have on a football team. 
uh, I'm guessing that you're breathing a sigh of relief that he is not playing for Queensland. Yeah, most certainly. He's like having another half out there, isn't he? Um, he's dynamite on that left side. Uh, rarely takes a wrong option when he's throwing short, long, running, whatever it may be. So I'm, I'm pretty happy he's he's not playing. Uh, I would have liked it more if he didn't even get on the plane and just continued his rehab with Newcastle. But <laughs> that's the Queenslanders. They they haven't even named a 1-17 to 17 yet. I'm not sure how they get away with that. But um, <laughs> I guess that's all part of part of the Queensland sort of smokescreen, isn't it? Yeah, and the whole, you know, Kempsey's in Queensland and all that sort of stuff that goes on with the... Uh, we, we're pretty good at this sort of agitating the blues nonsense that goes on. Oh, yeah, uh, it gets to us too. It gets to us, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is... Uh, we're recording this uh, Tuesday night, but this episode will go out Wednesday morning, so that game is happening tonight, sort of. Uh We'll have some more tips uh, about Origin just after the halftime break. But before we head into the halftime break, let's talk about the halfway of the year awards, I suppose. It's, it's an addition to the wildcard awards that we have. We've, we're going to talk about a couple of different categories and sort of each elect our, our favorite uh, coach for the year, our best player of the year, our most underrated player so far, and the best match we've seen this year let's start with best coach uh, i think there's probably a few candidates here friendy um is the somewhat unpopular newcastle coach going to rate a mention here no i haven't got adam o'brien i've got uh i've gone pretty simple and basic guys i've got ivan cleary on top um purely because picking a young team like that up um off the canvas after going undefeated virtually for the whole year, losing a grand final, they would have been, yeah, pretty pretty mentally scarred after that, I would have thought. And obviously, they're, they're on top again. They got beaten last week, but with an asterisk next to it, I guess. So, yeah, I've got Ivan mm. on top. Yeah, that's a pretty good call, I think, Kieran. Is he your choice for best coach as well? Um, I, I'm denied between three coaches. I had uh, between Craig Bellamy, Ivan Cleary, and I actually had a little bit of Cowboys bias. I had Todd Payton, uh, but I think it's a little premature to pick him just yet. Uh, but I, I just went with Craig Bellamy, not just for this season, but what he does season in, season out with the, the Melbourne Storm. I think it'll be remembered for a very long time. Um, they're only two points off the top. And I just look at the way that they've uh, filled in with just bit part players and uh, Chris Lewis has played 5-8, the, the rise of Nico Hines this season. I just think it's incredible what he does with the Storm every single season, and he's done it again. I've I've had a look at all three of the guys that you spoke about, actually. And again, I've got my Cowboys bias, but I what I like about Todd Payton is that he has uh, made some really tough calls and some really uh, good decisions, I think, that have paid off so far. So he's... He's a smoky. If the Cowboys manage to do like continue on this trajectory and end up in the top six by season's end, I think he's a smoky for coach of the year. Um, and I do agree with you, Kieran, that you know, Bellamy's an obvious choice, isn't he? Year after year. Yeah. And he's turned players like George Jennings and Remus Smith into regular first graders. He's got guys like Harry Grant on the bench and stuff like that. And that seems to be working well too. Um, but, and, and also the evolution of Jerome Hughes just quietly. Um, so yeah, no, he's obviously a good choice, but I do agree with Friendy, and I've I've chosen Ivan Cleary for the exact same reason. I, I thought at the start of the season, I was silly enough to predict they'll come fifth at the season's end, and the reason I did was because I just thought 
being such a young team, I didn't expect them to be able to be that good again. And they've been arguably better on the exception of the weekend just gone. So, yeah, incredible stuff from Ivan Cleary. I'll give him the Coach of the Year Award or the Coach of the Halfway Mark Award, as it were. Best player? There's probably a couple of standouts here. Kieran, who are you going to go for? Yeah, look, I, I didn't have to think about this. I just wrote, Nathan Cleary, need I say more? Or, or as he might say, uh, are you not entertained? It's a phenomenal <laughs> form for a, a 23-year-old playing the, the dominant role in the in the most dominant team thus far. He is entertaining, Nathan Cleary, particularly uh, when he's getting busted for TikToks in 2020. <laughs> but uh, this year so far, none of that as far as I've seen, and it wouldn't matter if he did. Uh, friendy, Nathan Cleary's a pretty good choice yeah he's also my choice uh i'm with you there kieran i think everything you said was absolutely spot on he's got uh he's leading point scorer he's fourth in try assists he's the general of of the number one team um in the competition at the moment and i can't see why he wouldn't be the best player yeah i'm i agree with you both uh with a with a honorable mention to Tom Tavoyevich, who has probably announced himself as one of the most influential players in the comp, uh, but it has to be Cleary from the evidence we've seen so far. Uh, suffice to say, he's not underrated, given that we all thought he was the best player of the year so far. So, Friendy, who have you got flying under the radar that you've been impressed with? I really had to decide between two. Um, Honourable mention to not everyone's favourite player, but I certainly like him. Um, Jared Rory Hargraves, who I think mm-hmm. has, with injuries galore, I think he's carried that Roosters pack this year. Um, but my most underrated player is Scott Drinkwater, one of your boys up north. So mm-hmm. I think he's really matured this year. Um, I think he's taken a few games by the scruff of the neck. Ten tries, assists, five tries. His kicking game up there is is really good, especially short kicking game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Scott... Drinkwater's sort of flown under the radar a little bit, and he's having a really good season for a young guy. Yeah, he's a he's a New South Wales eligible player. Obviously, he's not quite in the frame right now, but uh, yeah, maybe if he continues his trajectory, he could be in that conversation. Uh, I, I did certainly think of Scotty Drinkwater for mine. Kieran, were you able to take your Cowboys glasses off and and not go for Scott Drinkwater? I so nearly went for Scott Drinkwater, which would have nearly, uh, would have nearly made it three between us. But uh, I actually went through the, the Seagulls uh, team list and the Cowboys team list, just given that they had terrible starts to the season and then uh, hit hot patches of form. I thought that would make sense for an underrated player, and Scott Drinkwater kind of hit uh, fit the mould. But I went with Jerome Dr- Hughes still for mine. I think mm-hmm. he's the underrated player in the comp, tore the Raiders apart in the uh, prelim last year, and he's continued that form on to this season. Yeah, it's so strange because he's, um, speaking of the Cowboys, like he played like one game for us and we didn't think he was good enough. And uh, and then mm-hmm. Bellamy's just turned him into a halfback and he's probably the third or fourth best halfback in the comp, really. And you could, you could make the argument that he's the second best, um, which is... Uh, something that Miles and I have argued about previously in the group chat. Um, Hughes rated a mention on mine. Uh, Will Kennedy also rated a mention on mine. I've really liked the way he's going about his business. The one I ended up going with, though, the most underrated, I think, would have to be Mitch Kenny from the Panthers. Uh, with Corosa out for much of the start of the season, he slotted in and kept the car running. Beautiful service to his halves, which we saw the result of. And he got through a mountain of work as well. And now he can't even find himself in the top 17 uh, unless uh, Appy is unavailable. So 
in terms of underrated, like this guy can't even get a gig at the moment. But I thought he was he he was integral to their flying start to the season. So he'd be my choice for most underrated player. Let's go with best match. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Kieran PBL ball has made blowouts a bit uh, popular. So it's going to be tough to come up with one that was too close. There have been a few though. Friendy, did you manage to find one that you liked the most? I did. I was uh, round three um, and it was Penrith over Melbourne 12-10. Justin Olin was held up on the very last play of the game, if you remember that, mm. over the line. Uh, and I just, yeah, it was, it was a great game with a fantastic finish. Um, funnily enough, Nathan Cleary was out that game and Penrith still managed to come away with the win and and yeah, I thought that was the best match so far for me. It was a red hot one. Um, Kieran, do you agree? No, I've uh, I did enjoy that game a lot, um, and I have got a, a game with the Storm in it. I, I was umming and eyeing between a, a round one game with the Eels as well and their round two match. Um, they played the Broncos in round one, and honestly, I. I think that that could easily be match of the season. I thought that was a brilliant, especially that second half, the up-tempo that the Eels played with. But I, I went with the Eels and Storm in round two. That was in the pouring rain, and Sivo scored a couple of brilliant tries under the high ball. And I just thought the whole game defensively, it was it, it had a bit of an origin feel to it defensively and uh, awesome stuff. I remember that game, and I remember that, I remember that being a lot more recent than round two. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I went with a different match, I and one wasn't particularly close, but I thought the standard of the football was the thing that drew my attention the most. It was the Panthers versus the Sea Eagles in round eight. So this is when Tommy Turbo's back for the Sea Eagles. They're on a bit of a hot streak. Uh, the Panthers are obviously on a hot streak. And the Panthers ended up winning 28-16, to 16, but watching that game, I was just... Like in awe of both teams. Like the forward packs were just ripping into each other. The halves were so skillful, and the back line with some pace and some f- footwork. I just I loved watching that game. So that would be my choice. But uh, I, I probably got the Miles Stedman Award for thinking outside the box there because that was twelve points <laughs> difference. Uh, thanks very much, guys. That was fun. Let's take a short little break where we'll hear from my other podcast or one of my other podcasts. Now I'm starting to stretch myself a bit thin these days. It's called Pretty Fly, a 90s nostalgia podcast with the We Made This Network. And then we'll be back to talk about State of Origin Game 1 coming up tonight and then round 14. Back soon. If you can't get enough of Seinfeld, overalls with one of the straps undone, the Chicago Bulls winning championships, and the Brisbane Broncos being a good team, then it's a pretty good bet you love the 90s. If you do, you should tune in to Pretty Fly, a 90s nostalgia podcast, which is brought to you by the We Made This Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Bo Nicholson, and the founder of the Pioneer Australia, Daniel Lang. It's a conversation podcast where we discuss the pop culture icons of our favourite decade. Season 1 is ready to listen to right now, with Season 2 arriving soon. Search for Pretty Fly, a 90s nostalgia podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's origin, but different. The smell of rub and hot chips still permeate the ground, but instead of the great coliseums we are used to for origin, Stadium Australia, the SCG the SFS, Suncorp, the MCG, where people wear footwear. Here we are in Townsville, where the temperature is still an absurdly high, 83 degrees Celsius, despite being a winter evening, and footwear is genuinely surprising to see. 
I engaged, <laughs> I engaged the locals in conversation today, or so I tried. From the moment I passed the sign at the airport welcoming me to cowboy country, all I could glean from this scantily toothed population is calm the cowboys and which turn off from Ross River Road is your place. Townsville, <laughs> a country town, the kind of place where the Owen country is silent. Townsville, the new home of state of origin. And it's on tonight, guys. Well, sort of by the time this episode drops. Uh, that was my attempt at a bit of a Gus Gould. Uh, it didn't like quite it. land. <laughs> you didn't want it? Didn't want it? Okay. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, maybe I can send it through to Gus and see what he thinks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. It's time to pick a winner, guys. We need to have a, have a tip. Um, I'm going to try my best to not tip with my heart. Obviously, I'm a Queenslander. I want Queensland to win. And Townsville provides a bit of an advantage um, for the Queenslanders. There will be a, trust me, there will be a parochial crowd uh, there and they will be giving it to New South Wales. Uh, way worse than they've experienced at Caxton Street, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I just, it's so hard to tip against the class of New South Wales, especially with the the fact that Queensland pretty much have half a front row rotation that they would normally want. Um, I... Yeah, I've, I've got to go with New South Wales. Friendy, uh, you obviously with your heart are going with New South Wales. Uh, are you also going with the head? Also with my head, but only just. I think it, it will be really tight this game. Uh, I think the bench is what swayed me to New South Wales. As I said last week, I'm pretty sure that's where the advantage lies for us. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully cheering the Blues home. Yeah, I, I do agree with you about the, uh, the the bench being a strength, and that will that will feature in my first try prediction. Kieran, you'll be tipping the Queenslanders with your heart, but are you a bit like me? Are you a bit worried about this one? I, I am, and uh, the bench for New South Wales nearly swayed me to New South Wales. I, I listened to a, a piece on Peter Sterling on YouTube yesterday where he said he thinks that Haas and Paula were going to play big minutes off the bench, and then I, I factored in what a uh, friend said about the fact that uh, Paulo will take the, the first hit up and then Haas uh, on the second hit up um, after he sort of Paulo's bent the line a bit and, and fatigue has already set in and I just thought, geez, you can bring on Jack White and then as well to ball play uh, with Luai and Cleary and I thought, Jesus, I, <laughs> this is a bit of a scary prospect for Queensland but I, I just think, as you said, the the fact that the Cowboys are, or not the Cowboys, the Townsville, it's in Townsville and the fact that Queensland are going to have that parochial crowd that'll be arguably stronger or louder than Caxton Street, I think uh, I've got to go Queensland in a tight one uh, by four points. Yeah, I can only imagine the kind of Yahoo that's going to be going on in the Flinders Street uh, mall, in quotations. It's not a mall really anymore. (laughs) They they just gave up on that idea. Let's talk about first try scorers. Um, I, like like you have both touched on, uh, New South Wales bench is very, very strong. I do expect Queensland to put up a good fight, but I do expect New South Wales to have some more staying power because of their depth in the 17. So, in that sense, I expect Queensland to score first, and uh, much like the Panthers did a couple of years ago, where it was basically just pass it to the big kid on an edge uh, in Viliami Kikau, I think they're going to pass it to the big kid on an edge and give it to David Fafita. Uh, who will be targeting Nathan Cleary and Cameron Murray to score a try on the left. That's my tip. Kieran, who's your first try scorer? Uh, I've I've led into a bit of uh, Cowboys uh, bias here, but I've gone with Kyle Felt from a crossfield kick. 
yeah, and 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 trying to jump over the top of Brian Toto, I could I could genuinely see that happen. Or even Josh Adokari, like felt quite good in the air, so I could definitely see that happening. Friendy, have you got the Blues crossing the stripe first? I do. I don't mind Kieran Shout of um or, or yours, Bo, either. So I think those guys are both a chance. I've got um Tom Travojevic, so I've gone with the gone with the hot hand. Um, he's in form. I think Cleary, Cleary will obviously get the ball over to the right-hand side generally. Tom's mm. lurking out there, so Cleary loves that play where he sort of skips across the back rower, gets to the opposition half, drops the back rower under and, and hits the centre short. So I think um, Tom will be crashing over early. I, I do think you've got a really good call there because, I mean, apart from the fact that Fafita's not the strongest in defence and he will be on that same that same edge you're talking about, um, but the centre for Queensland is either going to be Dane Gagai, who, I mean, Origin Gagai is amazing, but he's not the strongest defender generally, um, and Kurt Capewell, just for his lack of pace, I'm very curious to see how Queensland go there, but I, I could definitely see a Tommy Turbo first try scoring situation. Let's talk about men of the match. Uh, the easy pick, particularly if New South Wales do win, would probably be Cleary. And the easy pick for Queensland would probably be Munster. I've gone with an also a fairly easy pick. I've gone with James Tedesco. Um, I just think that if New South Wales are to win this one, it's going to take his experience uh, and his class because Cleary and Luai not really proven big game players yet, like we talked about last week. Uh, Queensland do have that in Cherry Evans and Munster. So I think Teddy needs to really step up and lead. And he'll be uh, captaining, I believe, like from last year. So uh, he's my pick. Friendy, who is your man of the match? I think you've nailed it there, Bo. I've gone the, the blue skipper as well. I think he's flown under the radar completely leading into this Origin series. All the talks about Tom, Luttrell, uh, Nathan Cleary. I think Teddy, he's definitely proven um, year after year at origin level he's won, he's already won a couple of men of the matches so yeah he'll he'll, uh, he'll be my pick for game one there's a reason that Tommy Turbo is not the starting fullback here and it is because of the demonstrated class of Tedesco over a long period of time at this level so uh, no that's that's a I agree with you obviously Kieran uh, you've tipped Queensland to win so maybe you've got a Queenslander I do. Uh, it's very hard to tip against the winning team, although I, I had Tedesco in mind as well. And I think Billy Slater was the last player possibly to win Man of the Match. Oh, no, they won. Sorry. I was going to say win Man of the Match on a losing side, but they, they won his last Origin game, I think. But anyway, I've mm. gone with T- Tino Fa'asua Maliawi. I just think uh, on the back of his series last year, I didn't know he had that level in him of, of play. He was awesome with uh, his barraging runs. I, I think he regularly went on 20 to 30 meter runs um, in game one and three last se- series from memory and uh, yeah I think if we're to win our forward pack has to have a, a similar siege mentality again and I think he'll lead it he is a, a fine candidate I do love myself a bit of Tino Fatsu Maliawi as uh, as the Hoons tear past your place again Kieran I think it's <laughs> <laughs> just classic yeah. Classic green slopes. Um, okay, great. That's that's our origin wrap. Let's see who is correct. We'll, we'll touch base again next week. Let's roll forward into round 14. We did have Miles slated for this one, so I'll just take a hit up. It is uh, the Seagulls versus the Cowboys on Friday evening from 6 p.m. Now, it says Lotto Land Sydney here on NRL.com, but it's my understanding that they have changed the name to Four Pines Stadium. 
um, <laughs> after the beer. So that was announced today, I believe. So my let's just call it Brookvale for lack of a better. <laughs> um, they've got uh, Tom Trevojevic named. They've got Jake Trevojevic named. They've got Daily Cherry Evans named. So they've they've obviously uh, backed in their Origin stars to play. As have the Cowboys with Val Holmes, Kyle Feltz, assuming that he plays. Uh, Cohen Hess is a squad member. He might feature, but like, who knows, really. Um, they're both in good form, both teams. It's pretty hard to tip against the Seagulls um, on this occasion, particularly playing from Lotto Land, Four Pines, Brookvale. <laughs> but <laughs> and that's a mouthful um, they really should just hyphenate it just like like those awkward like you know divorced kids um, and Cherry Evans yeah Cherry Evans yeah yeah exactly the Lotto Land Four Pines Cherry Evans Brookvale Seagulls nonsense um, I'm oh, and oh, by the way big news Tom Dearden is in for the Cowboys that's his first game also big news I think a bit of a surprising one is the fact that they've got Colin Hess there in the back row, on the edge. He is used to playing on the edge. He's used to playing, like, trash on the edge, though. He's played, <laughs> he's played really well in the middle this year. They've gone with Tom Gilbert in the middle, who also has looked pretty good, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of that particular move, but hopefully he's gained some confidence and can play pretty well. I want to tip the Cowboys. I really, 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 really do... Uh, actually, I will, because Tommy Turbo is not going to back up after Origin. That's the tip. Tommy Turbo doesn't back up and the Cowboys win. I've changed my tip last minute. Friendy, am I stupid? You're not stupid. I, I, I don't think Tom, there's any way Tom plays at all. I do think um, Cherry Evans will play and I do think Jake Trebojevic will play. Jake would play all day, every day, forever and twice on Sunday if he could, I think. Um, and I think it is a bit wet down here, guys, at the moment. So I'm on the Central Coast and raining, wet. It's supposed to be like that the next few days. I think a boggy Brookvale, not sure that suits the Cowboys. I think Des will have his boys up and ready to go in a bit of sort of a muddy Brookvale oval. A lot of land, four pines. There might be some four pines on the field. So, um, yeah, I'll be tipping Manly, but only just... All right, I'm, I'm reassured to hear that. Kieran, are you going with heart or are you going against heart? Uh, I'm going with heart. Uh, I just like, I, I think, the, the way the Cowboys had that ambush of uh, Leichhardt earlier in the season. I, I liken them to do that again. And I have a slight interesting stat for this game that uh, the Seagulls and Cowboys both lost their first four games of the season, that they won their next three, and then they both lost again, and then they went on winning runs after that. Um, so that was a bit of a bit interesting i thought um the, the, yeah the, the cowboys i think go into this with the two game winning streak i'm not 100 sure if that's right um while the seagulls lost last week um yeah and i i'm a bit frustrated with the gilbert cohen hess thing i think that they should switch positions i really like hess as a front rower and i think gilbert could uh easily slot in a second rower if they do that i, I definitely think i'll back the cowboys so yeah i'll i'll just have to say with scott drinkwater the one of the underrated players of the uh, league at the moment. I'll, I'll back the Cowboys in. Yeah, classic us. Uh, let's go. Let's go with uh, the following game, which is the televised game on Channel Nine. It is the Sharks and the Panthers from uh, the Dragons' home ground, Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Please, Kieran. Yeah. So the the Panthers have named, I think, all of their Origin stars on our reserves bench, except for maybe one player who I can't recall at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, otherwise they they've got the same team that played against the Tigers pretty much, um, and didn't play very well against the Tigers. But I just think the way that the Sharks have let uh, tapped Aaron Woods, Sean Johnson, and uh, I, oh, I'm forgetting the other person, but um, Dugan. whoever Dugan, yeah, I, I just think and the fact that they let their coach go, uh, I think that their season's going to unravel a bit. I, I really liked what they put up against the Titans, but I, I don't think they're going to do it again against the Panthers, and I don't think the Panthers are going to back up the way they did uh last week i think that they'll be much improved yeah look i'm i'm with you here uh kieran even though your favorite player connor tracy <laughs> is playing for the sharks i don't think they can get the job done uh although the panthers looked very scratchy without their stars i imagine they'll get at least a couple of their stars to play after origin um but we'll see how that goes. Friendy, do you see a repeat of last week where the Tigers handled the Panthers or is it going to be a happier night for the Panthers? I think it'll be a happier night. I think a few of the guys will back up. They, they are pretty young. Uh, I'm not sure how long guys like Isaiah Yo, Liam Martin um, will play. Uh, so I think a few of them should back up. Cleary, from memory... Um, not last year, obviously, Origin was at the end of the season, but the year prior, he did back up most of after most of the Origins. So if he does, I think that that's sort of all they need, and yeah, they'll be right. Yeah, and like, like Brian Toto would probably, you know, he's only young, and Kurt Capel probably won't. He's a bit of a busted-up player at times with his legs, but um, yeah, like, yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. I think you have the next game. No, I do. I do have the next game. It's the Titans and the Roosters from Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast at 3 p.m. on Saturday. They've named AJ Brimson. I tell you what, he's been under an injury cloud. If he plays Origin, which he almost certainly will, uh, I would be surprised if he backs up. Uh, Fafita, Fatsu, Maliawi, Fodueka, they've all been named. Um, I... I think they have a good chance of playing, although I'm a bit worried about the huge minutes that Fafita is going to be asked to play on an edge for Queensland. So uh, he might also be missing, which just plays into the Roosters' hands that little bit more. They uh, they had a big announcement throughout the week about Brett Morris's official retirement. We've already talked about Brett Morris a bunch on, on this pod. Um, and I'm sure I speak for you, Friendy, who wasn't here to say it, that, I mean, Brett Morris is a legend of the sport and we wish him well. And, and you mentioned that one of your favorite origin memories last, last uh, week was uh, him tackling uh, Greg Inglis despite having an ACL injury. So incredible player, incredible career. I think the Roosters will lift um, there'll probably be some sort of... Well, it's going to be the Gold Coast. So they won't be commemorating him particularly, but uh, I think they'll lift with all that sort of stuff. They also only have Tedesco in origin, from what I can tell, because Angus Crichton is coming back from a suspension. So I think they're going to be fresher, more class across the fields. Got to be the Roosters. Uh, Friendy, you'd probably agree with that, I'm sure. Yeah, Roosters for me, I, I really like their pack. Um, Taukeaho and, and Hargraves up front. I, I think they'll they'll get the job done, put them on the front foot. I, I do have a um, a bit of a shout-out for young Aaron Clark from the Titans. I, I watched his game closely last week and the week before, and, and I think he's he's really making that position his own. So a bit of a fan of his, the, the hooker for the Titans. So mm-hmm. have a watch of him, but yeah, I think the Roosters will get the job done. One thing I noticed particularly from him was that he uh, he's had a couple of like real last-ditch try savers like getting his yep. body into positions that you shouldn't yeah, get yep. him into 
Yeah, he's an aggro little guy too, which which I like from number nines. Um, decent service, but more more of a runner, a bit in that Brandon Smith type mold. Um, but yeah, he's good solid defender. I'm a bit bit of a fan of his, so he's a bit of a watch. I, th- I think he was a junior Kiwi, so maybe somewhere down the track for them. Would be good for the Titans if if someone can stand up and take that number nine spot because they've they've missed that for a few years now. And and shout out to Aaron Clark, a uh, friend of the show, of course. Kieran, you're a friend of the show. Um, who are you going for? Yeah, I've just got the Roosters for all the reasons you both stated. Great. Okay, friendy. I, I have got you right this time. And you've got the Knights again. Goodness me, we're making you talk about them again. It's the Rabbitohs versus the Knights, Stadium Australia at 5.30pm on Saturday. Uh, yeah, how are, you, how are you going with this one? Yeah, I'll be wearing a blindfold for this one. Um, <laughs> after last week, as I stated, our right side defence is disgusting. And Adam O'Brien has put Kurt Mann to right centre. So that should just um, probably not help all that much. Anari Tawala's gone to the wing. He, he hasn't played wing for I'm not even sure how long. Um, so I really don't see how that solves our right side against the Rabbits' um, left side, which is probably one of the most dynamic in the competition. So, yeah, it, it may be a, a long night for my Knights. I, uh, I'm i tipping the Rabbitohs for the exact same reason you mentioned, that left side, right side battle there. It's it's going to be... <laughs> it, it could well be very ugly. Uh, and plus you've got Jake Clifford also on that right side. Uh, he's a new member of that squad. So not only do they have their own deficiencies, but you're throwing just yep. new members into it. It's, 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 it's oh, jeez. Brody Jones out there too, back row. So Brody's only played uh, 10 games, I think, of first grade. So yeah, you got Cody Walker. If Latrell backs up, uh, like Alex Johnson, he could potentially score three, four. Who knows how many? I, I think we're, we're really going to struggle this game, unfortunately. Yeah, it does look that way. Uh, I'm sure you probably agree with that one, Kieran. Yeah, look, there's some games where you tip an upset, some games where you don't tip an upset and it happens and you weren't expecting it, but I just can't even expect the Knights to, out of nowhere, win this one. I've got to tip the Rabbitohs. I'm sorry, friend. (laughs) No, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) We're we're not on an island, I think. I think there'll be a few of those tips this week. Speaking of untippables, we've got the Raiders against the Broncos uh, at GIO Stadium and Canberra on Saturday evening at 7.35. It's a bit of a strange one, this one. Uh, Bailey Simonson at fullback. Uh, a, a few changes there in the centres with Curtis Scott finding himself in a bit of trouble again. So Matthew Tomoko has come in to the side. Uh, Josh Papali is back. That's a big plus for the Raiders. That's a huge, huge in. Josh Hodgson starting with Starling on the bench. Uh, the bench actually looks pretty good with Starling, Gula, Soliola, and Tarpane. Uh, so the, the Raiders forward pack is starting to look like how it should. Uh, the back line still got some way to go. In terms of the back line for the Broncos, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, Azako has been dropped straight up uh, with Herbie Farnworth. Moved to fullback. Dale Copley comes into the centres Friendy, you might not have heard this one, but Miles has a big rap on Dale Copley because he had he hits one of the best baseballs he's ever seen. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Makes uh, sense. Just just random, yeah. Uh, apparently he was a gun baseballer. Maybe he should have kept at that. Um, and uh, they got Carmichael Hunt, of course, playing five eighth. Albert Kelly moves into halfback, which which Albert Kelly looks more natural at halfback, even with Tyson Gamble there. Um, Carmichael Hunt certainly has proven well in the past that uh, he's got the ability to be a 
good 5.8, uh, but, and he has done so at, at origin level, in fact. But uh, that was, you know, that was a decade and a bit ago. So uh, it could be interesting to see how Carmichael goes. I'm sure there'll be plenty of eyes on the screen. Uh, interestingly, they've let uh, Ethan Bullymore completely out of the 21. I, I quite like Ethan Bullymore, so I'm a little bit confused by that. Uh, they've got David Mead in the reserves. I think he could have been someone to bring in instead of Copley because Mead for lack of whatever he brings, he does not lack the effort. And that's something the Broncos really need. Uh, Jordan Rickey also looked pretty good, um, but he is also on the reserves. Uh, so they're backing in Keenan Palacia and TC Rabati to really step up to the plate in his absence. As I said, a couple of untippables, but it's, it's a Canberra home game. Their forward pack looks really, really good. So I'm going to go with Canberra. Kieran, who are you landing with? Yeah, look, uh, there's danger signs for Kevy here. I I don't really know where he's going with the game plan for the Broncos at all. Um, he's chopping and changing his halves almost every single week. I've got to go to the Raiders. And a, a small shout-out to Selwyn Cobo. I thought he had a, a decent debut last week. I think he's one to watch for the future. There are There's a lot of talk about him and his Greg Inglis-like physique. Um, Friendy, who do you like here, the Raiders or the Broncos? Yeah, I'll be tipping the Raiders. Um, I do like Herbie Farnworth at fullback, though. I, I think he'll go all right there for Brisbane. Um, if the if Canberra do have an off night, I give Brisbane a slight hope. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's no way you can tip them. You have to go with the home side. Yeah, that seems a sensible foreign policy. Let's go to Sunday, which is at 2 o'clock. Uh, the Warriors versus the Storm at Central Coast Stadium in Gosford. Kieran, there's no Reese Walsh, the the young prodigy. Um, he's got himself suspended, but there's also no Ryan Pappenhausen. So uh, it's just the battle of the backup fullbacks, Tuovasa Sheck and Nico Heinz. <laughs> yeah, the two of the best, uh, pro- possibly the two best backup fullbacks to ever play in the NRL. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's incredible that they're both. Well, I guess it makes sense that given Tuovasashek leaving. But um, Alan Fanua Blake has been named among the reserves after there had been fears that he could miss most of the season, if not all. So that would be a huge in. I think you've touched on, uh, Bo, yourself, that the Warriors are just a completely different beast with him and the team. He's the uh, kind of like the Jared Ruria Hargreaves of the Warriors. Um, so that's that would be a, a huge inclusion. And then, yeah, the, the Storm juggernaut, as I touched on when I was talking about Craig Bellamy, just rolls on and... Um, Giant prop Nelson Osofa Solomona and Santos Rima Smith have been named, but they are both going to the judiciary to fight one and two week uh, bans, respectively. Uh, I think uh, Munster and Harry Grant could back up, given that they haven't played a lot of football, but maybe that goes against them. Bellamy probably actually would be more inclined, knowing him, to, to rest them, but they haven't played a lot of football. If they come through on skate, they could both play I, I honestly really like the Warriors I think that they're a great chance of sneaking into that top eight but I've just got to go with the storm to keep on rolling if, if I'm this <laughs> Fred dursting it um, <laughs> I would I would be surprised if Munster and Grant play considering their injury clouds uh, you're right they haven't played a lot of football recently but they're far too valuable to the back end of the season and and should they be able to get the job done without them if they throw Cooper Johns and uh, you know Tom Eisenhuth onto the bench or something like that. Yes, they should be good enough to get that job done. Uh, so I will go with the Storm. I, I will also just mention before I throw to you, Friendy, that, that look at that Storm bench. Is it just crazy? Grant, Kamika, 
Welch and Aaron Penne, who's been going pretty well and just today signed a two-year contract for starting next year with the Warriors. So it's going to be a bit of a conflicting game for him. Uh, Friendy, do you like the Warriors' chance of potentially sneaking an upset like Kieran does, or are you backing in the tried and tested storm? A, a bit of both. Um, Bo, I, I will be tipping Melbourne, but only because they're Melbourne, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, I, I do give the Warriors a slight hope. I think... If it in Gosford, um, if it is dry by then, uh, is it two o'clock Sunday? I think mm-hmm. that sort of suits Warriors sort of style. A uh, bit of travel for Melbourne, a few Origin players. You never know, um, but I, I'll yeah, I'll be tipping Melbourne just because they're Melbourne. The Bellamy factor, really. Yeah, that, that's what that is. Uh, on the Sunday afternoon game between the Eels and the Tigers which is of course the Channel 9 televised game Channel 9 getting some free advertising here plus mentioning Gus Gould just remember that when we go big guys Uh, (laughs) it's from Bankwest Stadium so they'll be fighting over the stadium again the Eels, uh, we all all saw that they had a much improved performance the Knights were fairly hapless though so I don't know how much to read into that the Tigers were really impressive for their second win on the trot. Um, the Panthers were not the Panthers, but they were not terrible. And I thought the Tigers, you know, had a really strong game. Uh, so it's, it's it's a bit of a muddied uh, form guide here. I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, and both teams relatively untouched by origin, as it turns out, with the likes of Gutherson, Nathan Brown, Ryan Madison, Reading Campbell-Gillard... Not ma- not featuring, despite the fact that they would have been strong chances uh, for the Eels. Um, Blake Ferguson continues to miss out, although he is named amongst the reserves. That's that's a big call. Um, I am going to go for the Eels. I just think there's a difference in class between the two sides. Uh, Kieran, do you have a, a strong read on this one? Uh, I really like the Tigers, and I've said before, I think there's like a, a team unity to them this season that hasn't been seen in previous seasons. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Eels, I think Dylan Brown, a uh, bit of a shout out to him as well. He's really been in, in good form the last two, three weeks since he's come back. Um, I think that I've got to go the Eels for their, uh, just their star quality over the Tigers. And Friendy? I'll be tipping Parramatta, uh, purely because... I think their edges, they, they love to attack out on the edges, and I think that's where the Tigers are vulnerable. So, yeah, I'll be tipping the Eels. It'll be interesting. You, you make a good point about that. I, I I do wonder how much of an impact not having Reed Money around for a little bit will have, though, because his service is really, really nice. He gives a good wide pass. Joey Lusick will have to step up to the plate um, because if, if they are going to attack those edges, that, that dummy half service is super important. Um, but we'll see, I guess. And you have the last game. We've we've saved the best, the best till last, the match of the round uh, on Monday afternoon, four o'clock Stadium Australia. It is the high flying Canterbury Bulldogs and the higher than I thought flying St George Illawarra Dragons. Please, friendy. Yeah, they've looked after the the Queen on her birthday here. Um, <laughs> the, the dogs and the dragons for for Lizzie. So I think. The, the Dragons win and win well. Uh, the Bulldogs, I wouldn't back them with money I found on the ground. And I think the Dragons will do it quite easily with Dufty doing his best work. Yeah, he'd be riding high at the moment. So it's it's hard to tip against your mate Jack Bird and Matt Dufty. So I'll go with the Dragons. Kieran, does that make it three out of three? Yeah, it does. Three out of three. 
All right. Let's let's make it three out of three again. We've got some bold predictions. We're going to win these this week, I think. This is going to be... This is it. It's on. Um, my bold prediction this week is that the Seagulls and the Cowboys will be numerically the closest game of the round. So, as you mentioned, Friendy, a bit of rain around, maybe not conducive to a high-scoring game despite PVL ball. Uh, two game, uh, two teams that are in good form, feeling confident, mm, you know, no Tommy Turbo potentially gives the Cowboys an extra chance. Whether the Cowboys win or the Seagulls win, I think it'll be a really close one. So that's the closest game of the round numerically. That's my bold prediction. Friendy, what's yours? Well, my bold is slightly different because we may not find out for a little bit. So I think the winner of game one tomorrow night or tonight when this goes to air uh, mm-hmm. will win the series. So that's my bold prediction. All right. So, yeah, we'll have to sit on that one for a while. Unfortunately, we won't have three for three next week then, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) And, of course, that means that New South Wales is going to win the series if you are correct about your prediction earlier. So that's that's a bit of of wishful thinking, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, well, hopefully the the supporters that have gone up to the shanty town in the tents can uh, (laughs) bring some some blues, uh, I don't know, some some good favours for them. Some juju. And uh, Kieran, what's your bold prediction? Uh, I've got going on from first try score in Origin uh, tonight. Uh, I've got Kyle Feltz score a try on debut in Origin and then back it up with a try against the Seagulls. All right. So uh, doubling up Mr. Feltz, uh, one for the Maroons, one for the Cowboys. I can get behind both of those. Uh, so I guess we just say thank you very much to both of you for your time and go the Maroons. Go the Maroons. Thanks, boys. Go the Blues. Ah, no. Boom. And we know what Miles would say, too. Go the Blues or, you know, some other random colour that he makes up. (laughs) Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The Above the Horizontal panellists are Miles Stedman and Kieran Gibson, and it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.